Ever had somebody knock on your door and you didn't know they were coming? What happens, right? What happens with me is I immediately tell everybody to hide, and then I look out the window to try to figure out who it is. Who's knocking on my door? I didn't know they were going to show up. It's amazing, though, right? Whenever you don't know someone's coming, you're not prepared. But when you do know somebody's showing up, I mean, you've got the rugs vacuumed, you've got the table set, the coffee made, you're all fired up about your guests coming over. What does that have to do with Sunday morning? I'm Dr. Levi Skipper, Evangelism Catalyst for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and you're listening to No Sweat Evangelism, my podcast designed to help you make sharing your faith a priority. We've got an awesome guest in the building today, Randy Mullinax. Randy Mullinax is serving as an evangelism consultant right here in Georgia, and he's doing an absolutely phenomenal job. I'm fired up he's with us. You know, Randy has spent some time writing specifically about the Sunday morning experience. So, Randy, you heard the little teaser. What'd that make you think of? It made me think of a lot of churches that are not expecting company to show up. It's exactly how they act. It's very true, right? I've actually gone to churches before as a guest speaker, and I walk through the back door, and I just get eyeballs, and they look at me like, who is that? What is he doing here? You're an alien. Yes, all right? And you can tell, just not very hospitable. Amazing thing about this is that not being a hospitable church actually hinders you in doing evangelism. So let me just ask you a few questions. What's the biggest first step for moving to becoming a guest-friendly church? I think creating the guest-friendly culture in your church is the first step. I mean, you can't turn this around on a dime. You can't just say one Sunday, everybody, we want you to be friendly to guests because you've got to train them. You've got to lead them into that culture. You've got to set up a strategy to throw into place So that, as you mentioned in your intro, when someone shows up, they know exactly what to do. They're already prepared. That's super good. I I think, too, sometimes when you think about being a guest-friendly church, maybe some some folks would say, our church is friendly. I mean, good night. We have a time where we all shake hands right in the middle of the service. Is is that a a guest-friendly church? Most churches that say they are guest-friendly or they are a friendly church means that they're only friendly to one another. They're not friendly to people that they don't know. And by the way, you've just touched on a little sore spot, and I won't go into detail, but a lot of the things we do, such as the welcoming time where we shake hands, oftentimes alienates guests rather than making them uh, feel involved in a part of the church service. That's good, man. So, all right, let's say we know Sunday morning's coming. We know that people are actually going to show up, right? They're going to be guests. Give, give the folks just a couple of things they can think through in preparation for those guests. We need to think of, of the context, the fact that we want to remove every barrier or hurdle that a lost or unchurched person may encounter in some churches. We want to remove that so that they will be less um, difficult, find a less difficult engagement with the gospel in the worship service. So anything that would cause them to be uncomfortable. And you, and you, you know what it's like. You and I both travel. Um, a lot of times we pull into the parking lot of a church. We don't even know what door to go into. Mm-hmm. There's no one to guess, to direct us, to make us welcome. Um, and so uh, making sure that you understand the value, uh, not of a visitor, but of a guest, the way you're going to treat them. 
There are over 6,000 visitors to the White House every year. They buy a ticket, they go through the tour, they get their souvenir, and they leave never expected to return. But a guest of the White House is a completely different issue. The, the White House prepares. They go through a lot of things to make that experience for that special guest the best experience possible because it reflects on the president. Well, everything we do with the guest reflects on our king, the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that every guest has the very best possible experience. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So what, what do many churches get wrong when it comes to the Sunday morning experience? Well, and, well that's a great question because one of the challenges of laying down a, a guest culture is many pastors are going to face uh, changing the current church culture from where it is to where it needs to be. And one of the problems with that is um, many church people give scriptural value to their personal preferences. Mm. Let's say, let's say, I'm saying, let's say that we're going to, uh, let's say that we're going to change the greeting time. Let's say that we're going to move the offertory from where it is to the end of the service. Uh, let's say that we're not going to do the whole prayer request list during the morning worship. Well, you've got a group of people that give scriptural value to that personal preference. And so that's one of the things that they're going to get wrong. I, I think, I think, and you mentioned this earlier, I think uh, many churches get wrong uh, the fact that they assume every guest knows everything that a regular attender knows about that church, that they're automatically going to fit in and that they should want to be there. Mm, yeah, that's good. I, I love one of the things you wrote in this blog you put together on Sunday Morning Experience, and it dealt with uh, Think Company is Coming. Mm-hmm. So you kind of talk about the outside, the inside. Is the campus clean? Is it inviting? Uh, is there sufficient signage to let guests know where to go? Are your facilities you know, clean and uncluttered? Is your children's area clean, safe, inviting? Are there friendly greeters? Who can welcome and direct guests? Is there a welcome hub guest that can find, like, you know, easily they can find it, they can get help at that particular hub? I, I love that. But I also look at this and I think to myself, all right, there's got to be some sort of follow up, right, to guests. So they show up. What's the follow up, man? Do we still do follow up with people? I think that's great. And, and let me tie on to what you just said before I talk about the yeah. follow up part. Uh, 10 years ago, when I started doing research on making your church guest friendly, um, the, the, the period of time that you had between when a guest drove onto the campus and they made the decision whether they're not going to come back was eight to 10 minutes. Well, now that's between six and eight minutes. So I say you've got seven minutes from the time they drive on the property. Now that's even changed more because we live in the internet age. And so rather than driving by or driving onto the campus, they're going to check your online presence first. So, that being said, you, you've got a, ho- a lot of crunch that you need to prepare for. Your follow-up is so important. Uh, let me give you a couple stats here real quick. Uh, if a first-time guest has a personal touch from the church within the first 36 hours, there's an 85% probability that they will come back. So from Sunday morning, let's say, to Monday night or Tuesday morning, if um, – if it's not a, if it's between thirty six and seventy two hours, that percentage drops to a sixty percent probability of coming back. If that's between seventy two hours and seven days, there's a fifteen percent. You see how it keeps going down. The longer the period of time between 
when they actually attend and that first personal touch, the longer that is, the less likelihood they'll return. If it's past the next Sunday, you just told them you don't care whether they come back or not. Now, here's the kicker. If the pastor is the one who makes that first personal touch, those percentages are cut in half Mm. because guests see that as his job. Mm. But if a layperson, imagine this, if a layperson within that first 36-hour period, and Baptists are terrible to visit, but they're great at delivering things. So if you put something in the hand of a friendly layperson in your church and give them an address, Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, sometime, front door visit, hi, I'm Fred from Podunk Junction Baptist Church. I saw you were a visitor there. Brought something for you and your family. Don't need to come in. I just want to thank you. My church family means everything to me. I love our church family. My contact information is there. If you need anything, give me a shout. Well, that guest just learned that somebody just like them greatly values that church family, that church experience, and, and the gospel that was proclaimed at that church. Yeah, that's good, man. It's kind of wild. I Just bringing that seven-minute concept back up, seven minutes of just driving on the campus, they're making up their mind about whether or not they're coming back. That's before a preacher ever even stands up to preach. That's absolutely right. Really and truly, when you think about the seven-minute concept, then if you're training your church family to be prepared to be hospitable within the first seven minutes, they're actually assisting the evangelistic effort of the church. Isn't that correct? That is absolutely true. One of the things I jotted down that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, um, one of the, in transitioning your church from guest-friendly, uh, from where it is to being more guest-friendly, um, we need a new mindset, and that is focus on reach outsiders more than just keep insiders. Mm. That'll help you during that transition of making it guest-friendly. But uh, again, as you just said, being a guest-friendly church, every every church member is a part of this ministry, whether they're an actual greeter or not. They have great impact on preparing that person to being open to hearing the gospel that is sung, that is proclaimed, um, that will transform their lives. Yeah, that's good. And really and truly building that you know, evangelistic um, hospitality yes. as a culture is is pretty simple. I mean, from a, a pastoring standpoint, you know, you're getting up and you're actually saying, hey, we've got company here today. We want to make sure we recognize the company. We welcome the company. Or you want to say, hey, we've got this coming up next Sunday. Just know that there are going to be guests here. They don't know how to get around. Look for those people who look like they need help and just take advantage of actually helping them. So that's an easy, easy way to build that particular culture. But, you know, it's interesting when we talk about this idea of, a, you know, culture of hospitality, it doesn't just limit itself to the Sunday morning experience, right? So what are some other areas that that could really be applied? Well, in the first and foremost places I started is a Sunday school or small group ministry. Um, uh, so you, you, a guest arrives. Um, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what to do. And it's during the Sunday school time. And so you say, would you like to join one of our small groups or Bible study classes? If they say yes, same situation. They walk in, everybody looks up, they're in the middle of the lesson. So that that's every small group needs to be trained to be guest friendly. But listen, your event and your event evangelism, whether it's uh, a men's ministry event or whether it's vacation Bible school or whatever, they need to be prepared to be guest friendly, especially with the follow up. If if I were a pastor, I would create a follow up team for vacation Bible school 
completely separate from everybody else that's doing something. So here's a here's a fresh group that's not worn out, and they will be immediately putting guest follow-up into play even during and then after Vacation Bible School. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Very, very good stuff. Go ahead. You're you, going to add something else. I am, and I'm going to take it from you. I'll give you credit for it. You taught me something about this. Um, I remember you telling me a story one time when you were at Concord that you walked to a person and say, well, hey, um, uh, or, you know, is this your first time here? No, I've been attending here for seven years. So yeah. you, a lot of church members are reticent to talk to people because they're afraid. I don't know if they're already members or not. So here's here's what I remember you telling me. You changed your question to, so how long have you been attending here? Mm-hmm. So that way it's a wide open question. It doesn't put anybody on the spot, and they find out if this is their first or second time there. It also doesn't make you look like a horrible pastor. <laughs> Because when they said, hey, I've been here for seven years, I was like, ah, my bad. I immediately went away and said, I've got to reframe the question. Well, I, I can so. fix a lot of things, but for that, I can't. I don't have anything. <laughs> I got you. That's exactly right. Hey, listen, I'm pumped to have Randy Molinax in the room here today talking about the Sunday morning experience. I know you may want to find some more information out about that. You can definitely contact us here at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. We have consultants on standby ready to assist you in any way possible. And I'll say, you know, we didn't have this necessarily in the blog, Randy, but I I would invite folks to come to our church family who I knew were members of other churches uh, to kind of be a secret shopper, so to speak, and let them come in. And then I would call them up and interview them afterwards and say, talk to me. Tell me what you saw, what was confusing, how did people respond to you, And we learned a ton as a staff. We did the exact same thing in our small group ministry. We sent a guy around visiting classes who was actually a uh, guest of our church. And I knew that he had some ministry background, so I invited him to do that. And uh, as a result, we figured out which which, uh, classes were actually following up with folks. It was pretty amazing. It's absolutely. In my journeys across the state of Georgia, I have found people who see that as their ministry. They've contacted me, and I knew them. They said, hey, by the way, one of the things I do is the secret shopper for churches. If you have a church that would like for us to just to show up and give a review to you about what we enjoyed, what we didn't, any problems, we'll be glad to do that. Hey, it's super insightful. And every single time that we did that, we learned something about ourselves and actually got better. Well, listen, I love Randy. love his ministry. Grateful for him. And just want to remind you, we've got a brand new resource called No Sweat Evangelism. This is a way for you and a small group or you and your entire church to learn how to share Jesus. So let me invite you, if you haven't already checked it out, visit nosweatevangelism.com. That is nosweatevangelism.com. And listen, huge shout out and of appreciation for you just spending some time here today with us on the podcast. And also want to thank uh, our producer, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Graham.